It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Right now at Safeway, save on all your personal care favorites during the Buy 3, Save 3 dollar sale. During the Buy 3, Save 3 dollar sale at Safeway, buy three of your favorite personal care items like Dove Shampoo, Dove Antiperspirant Deodorant, Dove Men's Body Wash, Tresemme Hairspray, or Axe Shower Gel and save $3. Offer expires November 28th. Restrictions apply. Visit Safeway.com or head into your local store for full offer details. Hi, welcome everyone. And this is the Microfamily Millionaire, the sub-series of the Share the Wealth Show, where I go through the steps of discussing my journey on becoming a millionaire with small multifamily, all the tips, tricks, my experiences, things I've learned along the way, what I've gone through, anything that I can share with you to help your journey have a little bit less hurdles, or at least you can avoid the same hurdles that I have experienced. But in any case, one thing that I have heard a lot of people ask about or be curious as to how do you find a small multifamily building and what are your lead generating activities? Like, what do you do? How do you even find them? Right? So in that, I'm just going to share my experiences of how I found the smaller deals that I participated in and as well as like the larger deals. So my very first property was a three family that I house had, and I did not find this property the traditional way. I actually was in the middle of a few different condo contracts falling through. And after the second one fell through, I said, you know what? I have time now to go ahead and change my direction and pivot. This is all about what real estate is. It's about pivoting when you hit roadblocks or hurdles and maybe going in a different direction that might be more beneficial for you in the long term anyway, right? So I pivoted to multifamily because that's what I ultimately wanted in the first place. But the grant that I was using to buy my small, the condos that I was gonna get as my first time home buyers grant um, it had time limits. And so I wasn't able to actually use that to buy the multifamily to house hack that I really wanted because I didn't have enough time to search for the correct property. I lost that grant. So instead of being sad and boohooing, yeah, I was upset for a moment, but it's time to, to gather things, keep the ball moving because I had plans and I had goals and I knew I wanted to be an owner. So the very first property I purchased was I actually did a direct-to-seller campaign. Now, this was back in 2014 when I started the campaign because I learned how to do it from years of attempting to be a wholesaler. And I say attempting because we did all the things. I, I had a couple of partners. We did all the things. That's a, another story. I've talked about that before um, on guest podcasting in like one of the first episodes of the Share the Wealth show. If you want to check out episode one, I go through my entire story there. But 
I used, even though I never did a wholesale deal, I used all the skills that I learned from that experience and that time trying to get a wholesale deal. And I used that to direct it into finding my first house hack. And that's exactly how I found it. And I, you normally are supposed to expect to mail out maybe a few different rounds. On the very first round, I had maybe three to five, I don't exactly remember, three to five people call me back and respond to my mailing. And from that, one of them was one, the three families that I ended up purchasing and I got direct to the owner. So that was an out of the box way of finding your first property. Most first time home buyers are not doing a direct to sale or direct to seller um, campaign to find the first property. They're gonna look online. They're gonna look on the MLS. They're gonna see what's listed. So what, what ended up happening is this property was listed by a realtor in Jersey. But when the owner reached out to me, he said, hey, I don't like the job that this realtor is doing. I just gave the listing to her because that was a friend, but she can never come over to, from New Jersey to the Bronx where I bought the property to show it. And it's just been lagging. And so the listing agreement is going to be over, you know, in a week or so. And then I want to go ahead into, into talks with you. So we met up and we went through that. There's a whole other background story. Um, Every purchase is going to have its issues. Every circumstance is going to have issues. But ultimately, that three family was the foundation to really catapult me and change my financial future and my investing future and all of the things. So I highly, highly recommend house hacking, even with all the naysayers and all the things that can go wrong. Yes, they will go wrong. But I just this is not even about house hacking and what can and can't go wrong and, and whether you should do it and all the little tips and tricks with that, which I can cover that in another episode if you guys um, really want to hear more about how that works. But this is really just to say my very first property. Um, and even though it wasn't on the commercial side, I still use a direct to seller campaign in order to find that property. So then. The next property that I actually purchased was what a six unit. And that property was listed online. And it was highly, highly unlikely to find a property that made any kind of financial sense listed online, especially in the commercial realm. Because as soon as it's listed commercially, normally it's being upsold. The realtors and agents, I'm sorry, my realtors and agents out there that are listening to this. Love you guys. But you're presenting a package and you're trying to make the property look the best that it possibly can for a potential buyer and so that your seller gets the highest price, right? So most properties listed online are going to be priced right at market, if not a little bit above to push what the uh, seller or the owner is going to be able to reap as far as profits. In any case, this property was listed online, but me and my partner, we ended up offering full price Whereas other all the other investors who put in their offers offered lower than asking, but we offered asking, so we won the bid. And so the first thing that you think when you win the bid over other people and there's a multiple bid situation, you're questioning yourself like, oh my God, did I overpay? Like what is happening here? So in any case, long story short, we did do a lot of renovations and a value add with that property, but now it's performing great. So just another example of one property I found doing direct to seller mailing, direct mail. Um, the other one was listed on the MLS. 
And another property, actually, we found through, it was off market, but we found through our property management company. So it was a building our property management company was managing, and they knew that their owner wanted to sell. So the first thing they did is they came to me and my partner and told us about the sale and said that we should buy this property because it's a really good one to add to the, our portfolio. And so that's just another example of like, I have those three properties that all came from three different avenues, one direct to seller, one was listed online and one through our property management company. It was off market. Now our property management company also purchases properties. So why didn't they just purchase that property for themselves? If they thought it was such a good deal, they actually had just closed on an, another property right before they found out this one was going to be listed. Otherwise they didn't have, so they didn't have the resources and wherewithal to close on this one as well. Otherwise, they would have had that one. So it was just something that worked out timing-wise. And I say all of these diff different perspectives just to say that you never know where the property can come from. And not everything is going to be listed online. And it also depends on the, the part of the market cycle that we're in. The last couple of years, the market was super hot. Thing listed online was way, way, way over asking. And there were still bidding wars. And there were multiple bid situations, multiple tours, all of the things, right? Now it's gotten to the point where a lot of listings are not listed online any longer. Um, you have to get at least not listed that are make any sense. So the, in order to get deals, you need to go direct to seller. And that's what a lot of investors in the community are doing now. Like they're doing direct to seller campaigns or continuing to establish those relationships with brokers because brokers are still the bread and butter of finding good off-market deals in the commercial multifamily sphere. Um, to establish relationships with brokers, it takes a, a while. You have to be consistent. You have to be easy to work with. You have to get back to the broker when they email you something or you send a request or email for like, um, um, maybe you need to sign a non-disclosure to see a, a deal details in the OM and all of that. And so you sign that, but then go ahead and analyze it and get back to the broker and let them know why the deal does or doesn't work for you. Ask them questions. Be responsive. I think just being responsive to the broker already puts you heads and shoulders above a lot of other investors who ask for information and never get back to them, to the brokers once they provide it. Another thing that will put you head and shoulders uh, above other real estate investors is actually going out to viewings. Like if you are contacting a broker and you know a property is being um, listed for sale and they're doing uh, viewings and walkthroughs, actually show up and go there. Especially if you end up flying out of town to go see a property, that already piques the interest of the broker um, in their mind comparing you to other investors who always, who talk a lot but never perform or never like come out and actually implement what they say they're going to do. So that's another way to kind of level yourself up when you are trying to establish relationships with brokers. Another way, like I was talking before with direct-to-seller, if you can find um, a great direct-to-seller system, there's so much software out there right now that can help you with um, doing direct-to-seller, that can help you with virtual driving for dollars, that can help you um, skip trace leads. You could pull lists, skip trace, skip trace lists so you can make sure that you have 
the correct like, or try to get the correct emails and phone numbers and contact information, and then decide what medium are you going to use to contact these sellers? Are you going to text message, which in this day and age, text messages and having a little bit more regulations around it because it's been a lot of spamming with text messaging. If you're going to send snail mail, which is more expensive and previously Snail mail, getting direct mail letters was a spam kind of thing um, because so many people were doing it. But now so many people have moved away from doing it that that space, I feel like, is pretty open for you to come in and um, establish yourself because people are not getting direct mail anymore. So that will kind of surprise people and I guess get owners and sellers to actually open up your letter. And the other thing is people are doing ringless voicemail drops. So you'll get a voicemail, but your phone never rang and you can set, set that up to be on. And a lot of things are automated nowadays as well. So you can set up your systems to make sure that these contact points are going out consistently because consistency and follow-up is the key with being able to establish relationships with the sellers and with the owners because they might not even be sellers right now. They're just owners and you're networking with other multifamily owners. And then in another year or two, because you established a relationship with them, now they're ready to sell. So this was just a quick snippet on buying commercial multifamily and how to find the properties. And especially if you're looking at smaller multifamily, microfamily, like I'm calling it, right? That's, I say that's five to 20 units. In that range, there's still a lot of mom and pop owners. So you are more than likely to be able to find their information or people who own those size properties and it not being an LLC, right? And you can get their, their name directly without trying to find out who owns an LLC, et cetera. So I think that this is a great unit range to really thrive and get your foot in the door and potentially even negotiate some type of seller financing or something once you get to that point in the conversation with the owners. So all of these things just to keep in mind as you are searching for your multifamily properties, look at the unit range that you want to focus on and then how um, in the industry is that unit range most often marketed, right? Or if, you, if you're if you in like a 50 to 100 unit range, more than likely that's going to be with a broker. But 10, 15 units, a lot of times an owner might be selling that themselves because they want to save on the, on the fees. It's very similar to residential. That's why I think microfamily is such a great stepping stone for people to go from residential into commercial or even just jump straight into commercial because there's a lot of similarities. So in any case, that's just me sharing my experiences from three of my properties, my microfamily properties, and how I found them. Each one was a different method um, that it came across our desk. And I've been involved in some of the larger syndications, but that's me leveraging the relationships that my general partner partners have established and built up with the brokers in those markets. So there's many ways to skin a cat. If you have any questions about it, please leave a comment below. Let me know what you thought about the advice here. If you've had any other experiences acquiring small multifamily, hear what that is and what your secret sauce is. Let's share the wealth so that we can build wealth together. Until next time. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.